The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 25. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. How's it going, Jack? It's going well. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the fourth episode of Season 2, The Gamekeeper. Did you want to give us a quick rundown of this episode, Victor? Uh, sure do. It'll be super easy. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience with this one. Um, SG-1 finds himself on uh, P-7J-989, uh, which is located in Queen Elizabeth Park, Vancouver, mm-hmm. under the Bloedel Observatory Dome there. Uh, once there, they find some David Cronenberg slash H.R. Geiger-inspired pods, which suck them in, and they soon find themselves connected to a matrix of computers, in a, in a, in a sense. <laughs> where their very existence is challenged by uh, the Enterprise's Star Trek uh, Next Generation's favorite um, emotional basket case, Reginald Barkley, uh, Dwight Schultz in this episode. <laughs> um, he's been keeping the uh, occupants of the planet trapped in these pods uh, for his own uh, purposes and is making SG-1 relive their worst memories of their lives over and over and over again. And uh, as audience members, we get to relive their worst moments over and over and over again until uh, they find a way out of this matrix of virtual reality computers. Or do they? Yeah. <laughs> the end. And that's about question mark. Yeah. yeah, they they figure out that the only way to win the game is to not play. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Curious game, Dr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like how uh, in both us, uh, Next Generation and in this, uh, Dwight Schultz plays someone who's addicted to virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So we get, get that in both. <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts on this episode, Father? You know, this is this is one of those, you don't think too deeply about it. it it's, it's not too bad. Of course, Dwight Schultz being Dwight Schultz is, I mean, all, already immediately bumps the episode up a lot. because. He could, he, especially at the end when he's, he's just throwing a fit because the people are picking the real reality. But yeah. Victor did the, uh, the knuckle in, in the, his teeth thing and all that he did because they're actually picking the flowers. They're going to destroy the planet because they're picking the flowers in this garden. Boy, you know, since this was an actual garden in, you know, park in Vancouver, I'm sure they had to plant, you know, prop flowers for them to pick. Cause I'm sure I, I doubt the city would be happy about them picking real flowers. Yeah. Those are some awfully uh, plasticky looking tulips. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Oh, this episode is a—it's just a fun one, right? I mean, you get the well-known guest star, and 
lots of tongue in cheek, lots of sarcasm, lots of, I mean, for such a, I'm sure we're going to say dark topic if mm-hmm. you really think about it. But on the surface, it's just a lot of humor and a lot of fun. And um, I don't know. It's it's a it's always a. I just think about the them chasing the gamekeeper through the through the garden and him running with those robes. It's yeah. just it's one of standouts. <laughs> what about you, Victor? Uh yeah, I like Dwight Schultz whenever he appears. Um, I think it was kind of a, a little bit of a waste of a like a comedic guest star. Uh, they do it a lot better with Dom DeLuise in season four, I think. Um, but uh, you know, it's a very enjoyable episode. Apart from having to rewatch the same thing over and over and over again, which uh, uh, gets old pretty yeah. pretty quickly there. But um, I also, <laughs> you you know, you're you're watching these tragic moments unfold over and over and over again, and then. You have Dwight Schultz kind of camping it up and not really settling on an accent. Like sometimes he's part German. Sometimes he sounds South African. You know, it's 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 kind of a, you know, uh, there's a disconnect there. But um, it is it is kind of funny to watch the way the different cast members play it. You know, Daniel Jackson, Michael Shanks is is uh, turning it up to uh, 11 in his scenes. Um you know, and and then uh, against that, you have Christopher Judge uh, being uh, being Tilk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, With a lot of hair. Yeah, oh yes. yeah, I love that. I love when he pulls the hat off. He's yes. got the got the full head of hair. Yeah, as Thomas. Yep. Yep. Um, I did think it was interesting how they sidestepped having to come up with four different scenarios by mm-hmm. making it that Tilk and uh, Sam, because of their associations with the gold, both their memories cannot be accessed. So I thought that was a clever way to kind of cut down on the amount of like looping and I guess also the amount of sets they'd have to build for this. Well, not just that, but also keeping two members of the team together so that they can mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. Because can you imagine if they were all in individual scenarios trying to yeah. figure out what's going on? Sam would probably be the first to go this, you know, this has got to be virtual reality or whatever. Yeah. But the other ones would be like, OK, there's, you know, Jack kind of figured it out pretty quick, too. But um, it, there's. It would be very difficult to see all four of them in, in different scenarios. They they wouldn't be able to do the loops, that's for sure. They'd have to do something much quicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There might actually be some variety, too. <laughs> we can't have that. Yeah. This, I feel like this episode has a lot of wasted opportunities mm-hmm. because you get, you get Dwight Schultz as the guest star, and he's a ton of fun, but he's not even really in it that much. Like, like you get like four, like four complete scenes with him. And then the rest is just them going through those memories over and over again, which is for um, Jack O'Neill. It's he's reliving a mission in East Germany in 1982 that went horribly and he lost some of his uh, fellow uh, soldiers. And then in with uh, Daniel Jackson's, it's he has to watch his parents get crushed by a styrofoam. I mean, um, boulders <laughs> in, the, uh, yeah. in the the Museum of National Art over and over again. And like those two, those two concepts, I feel like are very, it's a very heavy thing to deal with. Like they're basically like almost dealing with like a PTSD kind of like Mm -hmm. dealing with these very dark memories. But then you have Dwight Schultz bopping around in the background, which just makes it very incongruous, kind of funny. That didn't make a lot of sense to me because this is supposed to be, you know, memories that you live and enjoy going through the scenarios and everything. So instead of picking, you know. I don't know how you could have better asked out a, a 
possible girlfriend or something like that. Instead, it's <laughs> let's go to the most tragic moments of your life and try to figure out how to win at the game of the most tragic moments of your life. Right. Yeah. And, and he said, yeah. you've always wanted to, you've thought and thought about how to relive these, how to make it work, how to, how to fix it, how to prevent the tragedy. And so that's what he, he said, you on, know, grabbed yeah. onto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it would have been a little, I think their psyche would have fought it less if it had been something happy. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that with the guest, the guest star, like that would have been a way more fun way to do this. Like them trying to ask a girl out and then him like trying to give them pointers on how to like get through it or something. Oh, yeah. like. <laughs> that would have been a lot more fun. Yeah. Than they settled on because that also makes the residents who are the, the other people on the planet who've been in stasis for a thousand years. It just makes them seem like weird, creepy voyeurs who just want to watch people suffer because they're just mm-hmm. going to stand in there staring. Yeah. I don't think they know what they want. Well, they've been um, doing yeah. this for what, a thousand years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned uh, Dwight Schultz being underutilized. I checked. It was it was 16 minutes before he even shows up for the first yeah. time. So that's oh, over wow. over uh, over a third of the way through the episode. But yeah, I mean, Jack is a Air Force pilot. Why not have him like reliving flying a jet plane really fast? That would probably be, you know, like those old VHS tapes they used to sell <laughs> of like you know F-15 flight or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty. Uh, that would be pretty exciting. I I think. But uh, yeah, instead we get like the Greek chorus squad just kind of like moping around in the back yeah rocking their uh, nazgul costumes yeah yeah <laughs> sort of what was up with carter's costume i think it was just supposed to be vaguely 60s but daniel yeah. how been... old is daniel and how old was he supposed to be and what was that outfit i was well because daniel was daniel was wearing basically a hoodie but it was kind of like a knit hoodie or you know yeah like one of those Nehru. yeah, yeah so it's, like... it's supposed to be 70s yeah, like sixties or seventies. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess if you figure like uh, Daniel Jackson be what in his late twenties, early thirties during the series, mm-hmm. at least beginning of the series. Yeah, seventies would have been about yeah. right. Would have been it. He would have been born in sixty eight, sixty nine. I forget if they reference that um, when they when oh, they do go there. Sixty nine. So. I don't think he was born yet. Right. Let's see if they should. Uh, sixty five is when he was born, according to the wiki. Oh, okay. Okay, there we go. So he would have it would have been yeah sixty nine seventy and, um, cool. but we do in that scene get introduced to one of my favorite Stargate characters, uh, Jake, who, who is uh, one of the one of the guys lifting up the uh, one of the guys lifting up. They they mention Jake a lot, and then finally we get to see Jake at the end of the episode. So it was it was pretty rewarding <laughs> to me as a as a member of Team Jake. I'm I'm looking for anything that stands out in this episode. Yeah. The little the little swirly like tornado computer animated effect when they pop in and out. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I think that I wish that was like like the Enterprise like uh, the transporter beam up because that looked really cool. It just made me want to play Mist when I saw it. It had that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, but one thing yeah. I, I did get a kick out of is is so in Jack's scenario, it's nineteen eighty two and they're talking about blown satellite recon. And I'm trying to think, in 1982, was there, even in Top Secret, there really wasn't very good video yep. or, or, you know, picture satellite recon. Most likely, this would have been a U-2 spy plane recon or uh, SR-71 spy plane recon mm-hmm. from high altitude. Not satellite, not in 82. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, that, yeah, very good. You, you, 
you caught that. I caught that too, and kind of did a little research. And I think they had like radar satellites, but definitely not like not like know, to not like graphic yeah. or infrared or not anything like today yet. where you know supposedly they could read the newspaper as you're laying out on the lawn reading it. You know that that level of detail. They definitely did not have that in 1982, and definitely even what you can get on uh, Google Earth today is far better than what they had in yeah. 1982. So yeah, I, I kind of wonder why they threw that one in only because in the the late 90s, mid to late 90s when this came out. Uh, satellite recon was starting to actually be a real deal. Maybe, I guess we could headcanon it to say maybe they relayed the information to a satellite to send it to them quicker, even though it was captured by a plane. Sounds good. Know. Yeah. Well, in, in the dialogue they reference, I think uh, they reference a bird, you know, the bird took it. And then at the end, they or you know, at the end of the sequence, they say satellite recon isn't what it is. And if it was a bird, it would yeah. be a U-2 or a SR-71 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Yep. I do like, um, like the camera trickery they do in that, in that the first scenario, the first time they go through it where John gets killed and they run with Kowalski who gets in the yeah. and they, they could put their backs to the wall and they're like, where's Kowalski? He's right behind us. And they turn around and it's the, the start of the scenario again. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, I liked how they did that visually. Exactly. Yeah. This is like whenever I would play like Splinter Cell or something, you know, and I just fail the mission and have to restart it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of the the elephant in the room here, and it, it gets a partial pass on this because it was released in, in 98. And of course, The Matrix came out in 99. Mm-hmm. And um, this is even more similar to another movie that came out in 99 but was in development and actually had been shopped to MGM who had who had turned it down and that was uh David Cronenberg's uh uh Existence which starred Jennifer Jason Lee and Jude hmm. Law and I haven't watched this movie since the 90s so I can't you know recommend it you know or or anything but it uh, you know the design of the pods and uh you know the the tubes wrapping around them the the flexible uh you know washing machine hosing or whatever it was that sucked them in um yeah so it's very very similar um and this is like a very also this is you know written by jonathan glasner and brad wright who worked on the outer limits so i can see this as you know potentially a story idea they had for the outer limits you know reliving your worst nightmares over and over again or your Mm -hmm. worst memories over and over again and then adapted to to stargate when they um took over you know Mm -hmm. created uh, SG one. Well, you know, virtual reality has been a concern for a long time. Um, that you know, yeah. is this going to? Will it take over our lives? And long before this even came out, and of course, now we got Facebook, which you know, Facebook is looking at this episode, going, "Okay, we need to create those." Yes, I mean, even if you look at the way Facebook Facebook's algorithms run, like they're they're designed to show you the worst thing, so mm-hmm. it is it is similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course. After they basically they both uh, both individual groups tell the gamekeeper they're not going to play and he gets mad and he lets them go, cool, which cool. is a very obvious twist that they're not actually out of the simulation. Well, and you get a Jack even calls it, he, you know, the who is it? Uh, yeah. Sam says this seemed too easy. He goes, yes, it did. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You know, they just so they, they, they call it for a lot of fun in the in the back. End yeah. Of CC, right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, the I, highlight of the episode was a. Uh, fake Hammond in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Try, trying to sell them on the virtual yeah. world. Well, I even wrote, I even wrote, seems like it'd yeah, be I fun down at that moment. Are they still in the matrix question mark? And then fake Hammond shows up and starts spouting off about how they need to go back in. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And then and then Jack gets in his face, which had to be starts a lot pulling of fun. on his ears. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I do like uh, how he decides to mid run when they start chasing him, he turns back into Dwight Schultz, the, the robes, and he's like doing like this really awkward run with them because he has to like hike them up. So I, that was good. Yeah. I wonder if that's the, the, the point when uh, Don Davis said, okay, I've run far enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Time to sit down. They, they did a good job matching up the, uh, you know, the actors and stuff there. Um, you know, you, you get that, uh, you know, 90s, mid 90s, you know, morph effect that was everywhere at the time. Um, you know, Michael Jackson's uh, black yep. or white video thing. But in, in this case, it's, you know, bald or wearing a silly hat, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I love that hat. I mean, gosh, that was that was an amazing hat. And like the, the big uh, tail know, down his back. back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It matched his turtleneck. And it's funny because I kept looking at it going, is it is it stiff? Is it fabric? Like, what is it? Which I shouldn't be obsessing that much over his hat, but I was. Yeah, this this episode and the next one, their their costume game is really on point. Yeah, definitely. They uh, they're rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we get a they get put in the um get put in the brig and Kowalski come comes to them and is again trying to convince them like hey you know this isn't so bad I'm back we can have all sorts of fun and they're not having it they just uh he doesn't even. The thing with the gamekeeper's plan that doesn't make sense is he doesn't even try to entice them with any sort of like, well, here's like something really fun and really mm-hmm. amazing. And why wouldn't you want to live here? He's just like, mm-hmm. I showed you your most traumatic memories. Now I want you to stay like he did not. Yeah. Did not lead yeah. off with the best take, option. <laughs> take the blue pill and you get a nice juicy steak at least. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Otherwise you're eating gruel on the, uh, what was the name of that? The uh, Nostradamus or whatever or that the, ship was called. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie since the well, 90s. We'll have to watch either. it soon because there is number but, four coming out soon. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I did just rewatch all those, and um, I know this is a complete tangent from Stargate, but I don't know how much else we have to say about this episode. Yeah. The first one is not is not as good as I remember, and the sequels are not as bad as I remember. No. Oh. Oh, really? Because I remember the sequels being not. They're all just kind of all right. (laughs) Yeah. I do like the the Wachowski's uh, uh, Speed Racer movie. That is worth watching over and over and over again. (laughs) So 2005, I think it was, or or whatever it was, the Speed Racer movie is is excellent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We we did talk about, what do you think about Kowalski popping back up? I mean, they could have used just generic soldiers, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was no, it was good. I like him better when he comes around the next. I, time. I think I think this was the the kind of the tra- going playing into the tragedy, you know, where this was probably one of the most tragic, the first real tragedies uh, O'Neill had to deal with on the on the Stargate program. But you know, of course, Kowalski was a friend of his from even before the Stargate program, mm-hmm. so you can see that being a major major thing in his mind of how could we have prevented that from happening in the first place. So. Right. I don't feel like they both with uh, Daniel Jackson and with uh, Jack O'Neill, they don't really explore any of it, though. They just kind of drop them into the scenario and they go through it twice each, I think. And then they're just like, nope, I'm done. Yep. Like yeah, there's there's nothing really, really there. <laughs> yeah. We and then Daniel Jack- Carter figures it out. She's like, this can't be real. This has got to be, you know, virtual reality. And, you know, Jack's over there thinking it's a what? 
back in time. Cool. Yeah. yeah, cool time machine trick or something. Yeah, Sam first hits on like time dilation machines, which no, <laughs> but I think that... The best part for me of this episode is that incredibly cheesy, like, sad music that plays over and over and over, Aww. like, when Dan's parents get squished. And it reminded me of, like, I can't remember. It's like this old SNL skit where it just plays, like, the same, like, I don't know, Imogene Heap song or something as, as sad things yeah. are happening. Anyways, but uh, the chronology of this episode does not hold up. Um the gamekeeper says that they've been in these pods. Their planet was destroyed 1,022 years ago. Assuming they have like human lifespans, which I guess you can't really assume. He's been leaving the pod like periodically for years. Mm -hmm. He should be very, very old by now. But, you know, maybe maybe they live for hundreds of well, years. I, I, I think it was yeah. the, the pods extend their life. So he leaves it for a little while, works in the garden, goes back in, gets extended, continue, continue, continue. Yeah, but I mean, if you're leaving it, like, even if you left it one day a week to take care of the garden <laughs> over the course of like 300 years, like you would age, what's like one seventh of, I don't know, you you would have aged like probably 50 years. Mm -hmm. said he, did. he was only like 10 yeah. when it started. That's that's true. That would explain, uh, well, no, that wouldn't really explain much. His, <laughs> his behavior. <laughs> like, like why he likes seeing people get squished by... <laughs> Well, I was, I was going to actually, one thing I was going to ask about is, I, I don't remember. Now, we knew that Daniel Jackson's parents were both dead from the movie. Mm -hmm. But did we ever hear how? Did we ever hear about this yeah. before? I didn't think so. So this is what they developed for his parents being squished by an exhibit at the, at the museum. <laughs> exactly. Well, and in the movie, he the said he didn't remember them. Oh. He just blocked it out, I guess. I, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't want to remember my parents dead. if they died. This <laughs> and they were jerks to you right before it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> well, and then, okay, let's just question why they're standing under these allegedly really heavy styrofoam pieces, right? That are being moved by cranes. They don't right? listen to Ocean. Why? They, they had the utmost trust in Jake, is all I can say. <laughs> Jake they really trusted Jake's like it, ability as a foreman to manage the situation. And awesome though he is, and if you see him, he has like this really shaggy blonde hair, and you can see how he how he would just let him down. Yeah. Is that why you don't trust Jake from State Farm? <laughs> Jake from <laughs> <laughs> He killed Daniel's parents. Yep. And that's the only job he could get was working in a call center. <laughs> Nothing wrong with working in a call center. I worked in call centers for years. Did you kill Daniel's parents, though? It, yeah. I, <laughs> no, but not for lack of trying, that's for sure. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm sure they're lovely people. It's just they're not, they're not the sharpest knives in the drawer. It does bring up the interesting uh, like, psychological question of his parents were killed by an ancient Egyptian exhibit, and he's really, really into ancient Egypt. I wonder, is there a connection there? Oh, yeah. Like, could be maybe his belief that like the aliens built the pyramids is like justification that you know there's some big cosmological purpose to his parents death like it fits into the, you know the aliens whole, weakened the aliens like, weakened the chains so that they would die so then he would go and hunt for them sounds good yeah, yeah. need to get the uh ancient aliens guy on this <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's all aliens you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Jackson's parents truther though. I, I got to believe it was an inside job. Where is your, where is your, uh, Daniel Sam ship in this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Sam kind of, Sam kind of let 
Daniel she down. Like, I mean, like it's okay. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I mean, oh my gosh, let's think of the science and what's happening. She nerded out. She nerded out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's not like the rest of us would. He does in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, and. Also, another thing about this episode is like pick a metaphor. Is it are these people trapped with only five like v, uh, like like you know VHS tapes that they're watching over and over again, which works? It's very good. And then they latch on to this like, what if you needed new software for your computer? And I'm thinking like, yes. What if you needed to update WordPerfect seven to WordPerfect eight or whatever? You know, it doesn't fit as well yeah. as like you have the the you know the VCR the movies like thing the right there. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man, I miss Blockbuster. <laughs> that was great. I kept thinking, be glad this this show, this episode wasn't made in the 2000s. Because then we would have had like a whole five show arc mm-hmm. on their therapy and like how destructive the, this was to their psyche and how they had to process <laughs> what just happened to them. And the way they would have done it would be uh, Daniel Jackson would be an angry child who is sad that his mom died and his anger would destroy all the dilithium in the universe and bring down the Federation. And that would be an entire season arc. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, no. Shut, shut down the gate network <laughs> by his anger. Yes. <sighs> no, but instead we, we, we get this coming back in uh, season eight with the episode Avatar, which... <laughs> Somehow manages to be worse than this oh, one, nice. <laughs> where where Doctor Lee is experimenting on the pods and and puts Teal'c into because Teal'c needs a challenge to train and puts him into a very unconvincing first person oh, shooter that he can't escape from. Like it's one. the most yeah, I, literally I the forgot most that they brought these forgettable back. episode. Yeah, yeah, it took me a minute to remember what you're talking about. I'm like, mm. I, obviously that's one I blanked out. So it'll be fun when we get to that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like yeah. watching it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike them we do not get to relive it yep <laughs> nice i think that uh i think that about covers it at least on my <laughs> we end got uh, everything <laughs> y'all, y'all have any other thoughts nothing here <laughs> oh nice callback to the movie when the when the when there's flowers in there in the vision or in the garden daniel uh sneezes yep right. at the oh, end yeah. which is a nice callback to his allergies so yep Every every thorn has its rose. And where there's a garden, there's snakes. <laughs> and Dwight Schultz. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Richard, Richard L., Kevin B., Kim L., Michael S., and Craig C., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Need. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack.
Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. I'm off to try the plethora of variations that have been weighing on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?